This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast, America's Podcast, where we talk to interesting people. And we have a very interesting and funny person on today, Alex Brzezlowski, an old friend. And he also was on my improv team at The Magnet, Sweetheart. He was on that for a bit, and he can jump back in uh, when he so chooses just to join us on certain nights. And he joins us today to talk about some work he is doing. He has started a Twitch page, a Twitch show, and we talk about that and uh, other things. But, you know, this is the time to create things. This is when people are trying new things, new endeavors, taking on new technologies and platforms. And we're doing that here, too. We actually just launched a YouTube channel. And we don't have any content up yet, but be on the lookout for that. But we do have a new channel, and you can go to youtube.com slash there it is and find it. Well, we need to get to our conversation. It was so fun. Really great chat with Alex. We talk about all of the fun things. Let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Alex Brzezlowski. Also, are we recording any of this? Or is this, I'll probably is this like ease a- in. What we're seeing right now will be cut out, and then it'll be the interview proper. It's really interesting, like uh, podcasting with the the starting point. Yeah, it's very common, like uh, non consensual. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we've already been we've been recording for the last five minutes. So yeah, interesting. With people uh, that I don't know, I give them a rundown. With people that I do know, sometimes we just get to talking, and then we just naturally get into the interview. Yeah. Those are fun ones. But well, let's is, have some fun. Let's have some fun. You're from Baltimore, right? Yeah. How did you know that? I can't I, remember why I, I found that out or how I found that out, but I just remember that. Maybe we talked about it. Is that where you started yeah, comedy? I probably, I probably mentioned I, uh, yeah, I grew up there and, uh, was doing comedy stuff, uh, did like, uh, I had a show, I had a, uh, a, it started out as just like a strictly stand-up comedy show at the Auto, Auto Bar in Baltimore, Maryland, the show was called Chuckle Storm, mm-hmm. uh, it started out as like an anti-comedy show, like we, we thought all, me and my, uh, <laughs> me and my stand-up partner, Dan Friedman, we were like, we were like, Hey, all these shows that we go to are terrible. Let's uh, <laughs> let's make our own and like mock. We'll mock all of the all the shows in the area, because you know that's how we are. We just mm-hmm. we like to poke fun. Uh, and so we were like, what's the what's the dumbest name we could come to come up with? And the first thing that came up was Chucklestorm. Um, <laughs> like, what's the hackiest name possible? Uh-huh. Um, but then once we started doing it, uh, uh, we started to take like ownership of it and we started to love it. And when people would like make fun of the name, we'd be like, Hey, shut up. It's a great name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we just, it just became, uh, a real, a real show. So we did a show, we were doing a show for a while and then we converted it to a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We did that for about like five years or so. Oh, wow. uh, and then Dan moved to, to North Carolina. And okay. then uh, a buddy of mine, we started doing like a daytime, uh, like a morning show type thing. We found like a, a, a coffee shop that we really liked and we, we set up a like a monthly uh, daytime talk show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was great. So I didn't know about that. While you were in Baltimore, how much time of that was spent doing comedy? Um, I, let's see, like I started, we started in college and we would do the monthly show and there was a lot of, you know, planning for that. We would try to do like a, a, bu- a bunch of bits. We would like write a bunch of stuff. And so we would have like eight eight comedians on. And then for some reason we were like, oh, well, we have to do a bit in between each comedian. We got to like really fill up fill up the Dan, the Dan and Alex time, uh, which was a mistake, I think. Uh, and then years down the road, I was like, oh, we could we could have just done like two or three bits and people would have been satisfied. Um, so we would do that and then we would do other people's shows. Um, I don't know how much time I really spent doing that. Uh, I'd say like I would do it like a couple couple times a week maybe, mm-hmm. and then I got to improv and was starting doing stuff at Baltimore Improv Group, and mm-hmm. that was a big time commitment, a lot of time spent doing improv comedy. <laughs> Sounds like you don't appreciate it that anymore. Um, I think for a while I I, I stopped appreciating it. I think. Uh, even while doing it, I, I, I don't think I full cherished it. Was that and, because uh, uh, we were on a team together? Was it my fault? Is that what you're saying? I got a little tired of watching you take notes on everything uh, okay, in your, right. your handy-dandy notebook. That I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm a note-taker, man. You are a note-taker. It's, it's what you got to do. Does that, does that help you out? Has that, do you think that has changed your experience doing comedy, taking all those notes? I definitely think it was good early on, and now, um, well, not now, since we haven't been in classes and stuff, but (laughs) I think now the benefit will be if I ever get to, like, coach, and I can can go back and say, like, well, here's an exercise that was really good for something this team needs. Like, I think it'll be good for that down the road. I think the, as a performer the notes serve as a good reminder of some of the fundamentals you know and that's not just the early years of my note taking and studying improv but even like more recent classes i've taken helpful every once in a while you know what i would love to get into with you about uh, i would love <laughs> to get into uh what the future of uh the new york city comedy scene is going to look like uh, yeah. uh with teen and post post quarantine and Ooh. all the theaters shutting down yeah, I you know it's everything is so uncertain right now. Um, I mean, we don't know who's going to stay in New York. We don't know what theaters are going to survive. We don't know what's going to come up after the well, everything is over and we can kind of get back to normal. I mean, obviously UCB. I what I was thinking when UCB closed their theater and training center that they would just find a space to do classes for a little bit, like, you know, one of the studios, but then even one of the studios closed. So, um, uh, it's, it's hard to know how they're going to do it now. But at first I was just thinking, yeah, they'll just find a place to put up some shows that'll exist. It's New York. It's out there, but we'll see, you know, like, um, 
there's just no telling how much longer this is going to last. I don't think that it's going to have the impact on uh, improv long term. I think uh, it's in terms of how people perform it and how people seek it out and do it. I think once we can be in a classroom or a theater again, we'll just go back to doing that. What do you think? Well, here, here's my hunch. I think, I think uh, all of the theaters are going to close down. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they're all going to go um, and we're going to grieve them. I think we're going to like think back and be like, Oh man, all those good times. But boy, am I excited for what's for what's going to come next it's 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 refreshing it's like uh we get a new start you know i think things were feeling a little sterile for a while mm-hmm. and now it's like it's the wild west now people are going to like come in and start their own thing and there's going to be like little pop-up theaters and uh weird performance art and like backyard <laughs> yeah. shows and warehouse shows and it's going to be it's gonna it's gonna feel like New York City in what I imagine like the eighties and nineties feeling mm. like mm. With, with the energy scene. I could see that because we have the Brooklyn Comedy Collective kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. After Annoyance closed, I think something like that has to happen uh, in a couple of places. I mean, like when UCB left their long-standing theater space, a new improv theater went in there. No one talks about it. I don't know what their thing is i don't know how strong they are but a another improv theater took that space so you know stuff like yeah. that's gonna happen they're gonna be some new things that are gonna pop up and who knows what that's gonna be like but i also wonder you know aren't you I, excited about it? i am i am excited about it um i'm it's hard for me to feel too excited because i don't know when all of that will begin right 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 that's sure. my only thing Right now, I'm just so, like, consciously aware of the need for uh, new leadership. And I don't just mean in the White House. Um, <laughs> I just mean, like, yeah. everyone. Ne- I feel like everyone needs to sort of reset. I think it, it'll be a great thing for everyone, not just in the c- topic of improv, but just, like, for everyone to sort of reset, reestablish, and reevaluate their values and principles and find a healthy, more positive approach to dealing with things. But, you know, I don't know if we're having enough of a shutdown for that to happen. I mean, like in the best way for it to happen the best way. I feel like Twitter would have to explode and then no one would be able to use it for a year or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I, I definitely struggle with that. And I think that, uh, a big part of my, identity is just being a goofball yeah. and a uh, a uh, a troll and a cynic and and a uh, <laughs> you know just a uh, the, the, I, I want to be a clown you know I, I like <laughs> that's, that's a big part of my life is like I don't want to take things too seriously mm-hmm. and I want to joke around mm-hmm. and uh, you know we were on a team together and people would say hey should we warm up, we warm up? and I'd be like no <laughs> we don't need to warm up let's just, let's just hang out that definitely is, and- <laughs> all of this is tracking with me. Um, this is something I think everyone knows about you. The thing I like about your onstage performances and as you as a person off stage is all of that, you know, like just being a clown and let's just have fun and joke around and not take things too seriously. I always loved that about you. And I think that sensibility is very clear in your comedy. 
well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for saying all that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the downside is that uh, we're living in a rough time right now. Yeah. Or, you know what? It's, it's, it's always kind of been rough, but now we're like pinpointing certain things. Right. And I, I feel very uh, selfishly. I'm like, I, I think I still have like some resistance to like using my voice for serious matters i like don't want to do it you know like like uh it uh i i think i've i've had the uh privilege you might say of uh of just being able to goof around about everything and so now i'm like oh am i a shithead for not saying something important and and valuable and like i'm just like i just want to i want to use social media for jokes i want to like just uh Mm -hmm. post goofy things and now uh, I think this is the first time where I've noticed, oh, uh, that feels that feels a little icky. You know, that's interesting. I am someone who feels like we need a reprieve sometimes, you know? Like, I obviously have, because uh, we're friends on Facebook, you've, I'm sure, seen more serious posts that I've posted. But I don't do that on Instagram, really, as much, you know? Like, it's not, like, mm-hmm. in my posts, that everyone can see on Instagram. It's like, it's all in my stories or something like that. But I'm not really big into, I'm very in the middle with this discussion because you, in comedy, you have people who will say, use your platform, speak truth to power. And then you have people who are like, you don't have to do that to do comedy. You can just goof around and have fun and be a break from people's tough days. And I think the world needs both. Well, you know, when I say both, I mean, we've had the people like the John Stewart's who are using their platform, quote unquote, to quote unquote, speak truth to power. But that wasn't on his mind, I don't think, when he was doing The Daily Show. He had personal principles, you know, he had his own principles and, and, and value system, and that drove what he would talk about. And I think he tried to use that in a in a responsible way, but he also wasn't trying to be as political as people think. And um, mm. I don't know how many comics who are saying, I've got to speak truth to power and use my platform. I don't know how many of those comics I actually pay attention to or even enjoy when I see them. I like the people who, whether or not they're focusing on that, those are some of the people I like. I love Fallon and Conan, and I also love Colbert and Trevor Noah, you know, and I I don't know that, uh, I feel like they're on opposite sides of that to a certain degree where it's like Conan is actively saying, I just want to be goofy. And then you have on the other side, Jon Stewart, who's like not necessarily trying to have a political voice, but is talking about serious things and making points that are poignant and serious. I think we need both of those, but uh, I don't need the people who are performative about it. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the first time that I've like seen that message where I, I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of people are feeling like, like I, uh, I've been doing when quarantine started, I was doing a, I started doing a, weekly show on Twitch called yeah. Try to Relax, mm-hmm. uh, 
which has been really fun and like like brought me back to the days of like in Baltimore of like organizing my own show and curating and reaching out to comedians that I really like like to be a part of it and I was like oh this is so fun this is great and then once uh, all the George Floyd stuff happened and you know there was like that was just in the atmosphere and we were like protesting and and uh, everything became let's focus on that I think I felt very it felt very it just felt inappropriate to like to work on a show yeah to, to post about it so yeah. I took time off and I was like okay, I want to take at least like a week or two off to have this be the main focus and to you know I don't want to I don't want to like upset anybody right by trying to do comedy when clearly people are hurting right uh, and then that that one or two weeks became uh, I think it's now like close to two months now oh, is that right a month and a half Two months, yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing it back tonight, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it feels. Yeah, that makes sense. It reminds me a lot of the time period around 9/11, when I mean, especially the shows in New York, like Letterman and the SNL and and Daily Show. They took a break because it just didn't feel right in that moment. And I don't think it makes mm-hmm. you a shithead to eventually go back to that because people like like your approach to comedy is valid and just as deserving as being out there um i think the problem is when people use what is out there as a distraction from serious stuff you know i mean people are just back to their bullshit on twitter they're not trending brianna taylor anymore you know they're not trending these these injustices anymore they're just back to talking about trivial bullshit and that's where it's like hey you know what sometimes we need that trivial stuff just in our day to have a have have a break to try to relax (laughs) Uh, but you know we can't (laughs) but when we start doing it in such a way that is just like completely ignoring the things that we talked about for a month and a half. That's when it's like, okay, you're just back on your bullshit and you don't really care. You know, so, you know, you doing what you're doing tonight is a good thing. Um, if people just go, you know, if people want to watch keeping up with the Kardashians, fine. I, you know, like people can like that. People cannot like that. But when we get to a place where it's just like, okay, let's just talk all the time now about The Bachelorette or something and just forget about all this stuff that needs to be addressed. That's when it gets to be bullshit to me. Makes sense. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. So you're <laughs> what you're doing with this show on Twitch is, like you said, something like you were doing in your early days in comedy in, in Baltimore. What sort of performer would you consider yourself because you you've done stand-up you you're doing the show like what you're doing now and other shows like it variety shows and uh improv so do you consider yourself just you know basic run-of-the-mill comedian not (laughs) run-of-the-mill but do you consider yourself a comedian i consider myself myself super run-of-the-mill that's how i think of myself (laughs) but it's mean like straight comedian or performer or do you consider yourself like I'm a stand-up who is doing these other things like or, or, or what 
Uh, uh, boy, tough question. I don't know. I think if I had an answer to that question, I would feel a lot more secure in my uh, quest to make it a living. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I don't know. Nothing really speaks to me entirely. Uh, I think I have a huge love-hate relationship with stand-up. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself as, as a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. I don't identify as a, as an improviser, really. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if I'm a performer, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like I like hosting. I, li- I enjoy hosting. I enjoy uh, being myself. You know, like, I, like, envy people who, like, who, who just have a, uh, who have, like, a podcast, who have a following, who just do, just do these live, they do tours and do live shows, and they just, like, uh, they just chit-chat with their friends, and people come and love it. What yeah. a great gig that is. Yeah. Honestly. If I had my say and I and I could choose exactly what it is I want to do, I would love to host just like a weird game show. <laughs> I think to be like a, a creator and a host of a game show uh, that has a lot, has a lot of uh, twists and turns and uh, uh, just overall zany game show, that, that would be a dream job. Where does that sensibility come from? Not necessarily the game show thing. I think you could do really well with that too. But where do you think your sensibility of of like going for the zany? Nah, zany's not the right word because it can also have a negative connotation. But I just mean going for this wild sort of unique approach that you have and sensibility that you, you bring. Probably just uh, just all the emotional abuse in uh, growing up. Um, <laughs> Jason, how could you laugh at that? Oh my gosh! Uh, canceled. This guy's canceled. <laughs> um, uh, where does where does it come from to this need to be like off kilter? I don't know, man. I think I'm just like bored. I think I'm bored in life. I think I've been bored for a long time, and I think I do. I uh, I think a little dose of chaos chaos mm-hmm. uh, sparks some joy. I think it's just exciting to to the idea of like living in a in a weirder world. Yeah. I feel like you kind of have a sensibility like this sort of like when people sort of talk about the danger of of a certain comic like oh this guy's dangerous or they're the bad boy like a like there's just something behind Bill Murray's energy that is sort of like oh I don't know what this guy might do like there's a danger to it that sort yeah. of thing. That's what I feel like you I- have. I love surprises. I, I mm-hmm. love like uh, I, I love tone. I'm a big fan of like a weird tone. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. I think I I would I would take that over uh, just like a straight comedy. Like if it's just like in a in a weird if it's just like unsettling in some way or confusing. If it's upsetting to some degree, that's mm-hmm. when I'm like the most excited. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I just keep thinking, I keep laughing because we were on a team together and I could just think of so many times where you, where you brought that to a scene (laughs) or to a show. And I always delighted in it because it's not common now. And it's kind of like a breath of fresh air to have that because that is something I was used to seeing in comedy when I was growing up, but things just aren't that way anymore. 
I mean, there are very few people who have this sort of who have that sort of sense. Like Rory Scovel comes to mind too, where it's like you just you just don't know where he's where he's going to go. He might start climbing the rafters or something like that on stage, just f- totally foregoing his set. You, you don't get that a lot anymore. Yeah, it's. I think most comedy is so boring and so like conventional, and and uh, yeah. I, I I feel tension saying all this, but like I, I want. I I don't I don't want. Uh, something clean and what i mean by that is like i don't want something like like super polished i want like i want like a freshness i want a newness Mm -hmm. are there any comics that you sort of gravitated to that made you kind of inspired in this way or or was it just how you joked around in your day-to-day life i think of like zach galifianakis and Uh and like uh Maria Bamford and like mm-hmm. there was this comedy duo Sloven and Allen that I loved. It was uh, Eric Sloven and, and Leo Allen. Um, and uh, I mean, even like like Tim and Eric would do a lot mm-hmm. of weird shit. Um, is Scott Ackerman in there for you? You know what my thing with Scott Ackerman is? I feel like it's a little too cutesy. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like he enjoys being cute. There are times where I enjoy it, and there are times where I'm like, all right, enough. Mm-hmm. Let me turn this mm-hmm. off. Brett Gelman, I think Brett Gelman is like underappreciated. Uh, he he's he has done like these like three specials on Adult Swim that I've that I think are just great. Um, yeah, he is. And he's like he's he's like a master of like uh, weird energy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, weird energy like curbing people's expectations. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's got a very weird unique you know weird in a good way sensibility that he (laughs) he brings to his work yeah those are all uh interesting you know all of them also listen to this podcast so i'm sorry uh scott ackerman he's going to be upset what if they did what if they did though you say you don't Um, care but i I think like i would it would kind of kind of like uh it would be very surprising and i think it would like make me reevaluate how I see <laughs> my friends and their success level. <laughs> like I need to like realize, Oh, the there it is. Podcast gets listened to by like these big name comedians. I'd be mm-hmm. like, Whoa. Okay. So Jason is, is more connected than I thought. What does that mean for everybody else? that I know? <laughs> All right. I get it. Take me down a notch. I deserved it. I get it, man. <laughs> 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 uh so hey, were people, people uh, uh like in your house before would they rec- would they record in your apartment before uh, quarantine happened not often uh when i started the podcast it w- i was in south carolina so i was just skyping with people or calling their phone or, or something and recording that way and then when i moved here i was still primarily doing that and uh it obviously happened a lot more in person, but it's still mostly online. So when the quarantine started happening, I was sort of like, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing <laughs> like nothing changed. I was still just doing what I did, uh, which is contacting people through Skype. I think I would enjoy, uh, enjoy this more face to face. I would, I would, I would enjoy seeing your face, just being in your comfy, uh, basement apartment. <laughs> um, no, those, seeing- I do really like those. And and yours would yeah, cause, seeing yeah. up a little bit in there. Uh huh. 
Because a lot of your friends who have been on have been here in the in the apartment. They sure have. What made you want to get into improv when since you're already doing you know the other stuff you're doing stand up and I mean I guess stand up the love hate relationship of stand up did that but what made you say oh I've got to go into improv? Yeah, so basically I was doing my show in Baltimore and a little uh, comedy theater called Second City came to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Their touring company made a show about the city. Um, I think they were they were just that's a thing they do is they go to St. Louis and D.C. and Baltimore and wherever and they write a a sketch show about the city. Mm -hmm. And so they did a show. And I think like every once in a while, they at the end, end, they bring up local doers and and performers and comedians and they do like 10 or 15 minutes of improv with them Mm -hmm. and uh uh i was like connected to the theater in some way and uh they invited me to to, uh to do some improv with them oh wow and i had never done i had never i did like some improv improv like casually in college never like did it in front of an audience audience and this was my first time doing improv in front of a crowd and it was like a like a crowd of like 500 people wow uh i was i was, ter- was terrified um pressure and we did it and wow. it went great because those guys are just masters of like making somebody look amazing but i didn't love the feeling of like not knowing what i was doing i i was like ah shit next time i do improv i want to like if this ever comes up again i want to like feel confident and in control and so i signed up for classes shortly thereafter and stuck with it even after moving to new york yeah yeah i dug it uh i mean you know at the time i was like i was all about it i was like oh this is great i don't Mm -hmm. have to plan anything like we did so much writing and planning (laughs) for the other side yeah (laughs) okay you just like you just show up you just you just say shit and people laugh Uh and it's great you don't even Um, have to warm up yeah, you don't have to warm up. <laughs> I probably, I probably, I can't even remember, but I probably loved warming up. I probably loved doing all those dumb, those dumb games uh, back then. Uh, I probably found it so charming. Um, um, I loved every every part of it. I was like, this is great, um, and uh, felt like I was pretty good at it. You know, felt like uh, just being like a natural comedy person mm-hmm. um, and had and having some experience. I was like, all right, yeah, we can do this. And uh, so I took a bunch of classes, auditioned, got on a house team, uh, got on like a veteran team in Baltimore and uh, had a great time. Met, met like some of my closest friends. And then after a while, I was like, all right, well, I want to I got like pretty restless with Baltimore and wanted to explore a bigger city. So then I moved to New York. Before we start talking about your New York experience, I want to ask a, a question about Baltimore. Why don't you pronounce two to or you, you like in the wire uh, uh okay great question um why don't i do that <laughs> right um i think it's a very specific <laughs> accent a lot of people don't know about the baltimore accent mm-hmm. it's one it's one of the dumbest in my opinion uh, <laughs> but, but it's like a very specific population i think it's like local baltimore people uh i was just like a i lived like in, in baltimore Baltimore County, I was very much a a tourist there. 
Uh-huh. Um, but if but if you've been in Baltimore and you've been there for for generations, you're gonna you're gonna talk like that. Okay, okay, that explains it. So you moved to New York. What made you want to do that? I was I was bored, man. I was. Uh, I think I just like didn't know. I wanted to. Uh, like, were you saying I want to have a career in entertainment, or were you, or was it really yeah. just like change of scenery? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I also, I think I did, I did want to, I, I did want to change the scenery. I was, I was spent like most of my life in Baltimore, and start, you start to see the same people over and over again. You start to do the same, th- same things, and you start to, like think like, all right, well, I'm in my twenties, I'm nearing thirty. Mm-hmm. I want to explore something before it's like too late you know mm-hmm. um so so i was torn between chicago and and new york um i could see it, liking uh, chicago I, yeah I, I do i do like chicago i think chicago is cool uh, um and i have a few friends there uh that i would like to visit pretty soon but um i took an intense intensive at magnet um i was like familiar with like Rick and Ilana and and uh, they would like visit a lot to Baltimore and they would and they would do like Magna Torco and oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just dug it I dug like the workshops I took and I was like all right I'm gonna do an intensive uh, just to see what it's like to do improv outside of Baltimore oh wow and dug that and immediately signed up for a second week so I did back to back weeks and then uh, took third level. And was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to move here. Wow. That's actually kind of part of the reason I moved here was like, I want to train at the Magnet. I didn't realize that we had that in common. Yeah, we got more in common than you think, man. That's true. We've dated all the same people. You didn't realize that. I didn't realize that Justina told you anything. Um, <laughs> but but here we are. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay, so it's not true. So I'm trying to think how to break down your show now, try to relax. And I don't know the best way to describe it. So why don't you do that? Well, is that because you haven't seen it? Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. I've seen it. Oh, but not when you hosted. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) But for real, like, Uh, um, I mean, I, I know it's an it's an internet show. It's on Twitch. Everyone, you know, can g- gauge that much. But, th- and obviously, your sensibilities are all over that because it's it's you know your baby. It's obviously going to come from you. So it has that that sort of off kilter feeling and vibe to it. Uh-huh. But I mean, I guess it's it is a variety show. But I mean, I, I just that just to me doesn't explain it well enough. Yeah. So I, I, uh, when I reach out to comedians and video makers to do something for it, I struggle with like how to, how to encapsulate it and how to like just basically give them the spiel of what I'm looking for, of what it is. I usually just send them a link to it, but basically it's a, just kind of like a weird short film festival. Each episode is just like a a series of uh, people making these like dumb, silly, goofy minute long videos of pretty much anything they want Uh um i have for some reason i've chosen to make myself look very old and uh i have uh gray hair and a gray mustache um 
them. <laughs> and uh, I made a choice, and now I'm like have to stick to it, even though it's like annoying to put that stuff on every week. Uh, <laughs> And there's like ominous music playing in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, I think originally the idea is uh, what if like you combine Alex Jones and Larry King and uh, and have that, <laughs> that guy host like a, a weird variety show. So I, I don't I don't really know how to I, I can't. That's a good description. Choices. I could never have come up with those uh, descriptors, but that is a good way to describe it. And then it's just like, okay, watch it. Yeah, All of the things just, you said, it, not just uh, the Alex Jones, Alan uh, 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 King, not Larry King, not Alan King, <laughs> not, uh, not the comedian, Alan King. But yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, that is a good way to describe it. Yeah, I, I wanted to have a slightly creepy, jarring feeling. Uh -huh. I want, uh, I, and, and, and we're like basically starting season two tonight. Uh, and I'm wondering how I can fuck with it even more. And do I change? Do I change the tone? Do I have like? Do I, do we reveal that we're in the apartment? And do we like walk around the apartment? Do we like see me in the bathroom? Do mm. I just chug a bunch of, bunch of like monster energy drinks this season? <laughs> like, what can we do to like really like deconstruct it even more and break it apart? I'm I'm tr I'm using it as a as a vehicle for for my madness. <laughs> so it's coming back uh, tonight as we speak but this will when this airs it's already been back are you planning on going uh, week to week that's the goal yeah mm -hmm. um so you're gonna go back uh, to that I, yeah similar to therapy i think like once a week once a week is the <laughs> yeah. best uh the best timeline um i'm pretty bad about uh promoting it i am consistently not on top of it. The people that work on the show with me, they'll uh, I'll hear like, "Hey, why haven't we have any Instagram posts or anything like that?" Um, and and so it's a, it's a lot of upkeep. It's a lot to like ask five or six people each week to right to do some work for me and <laughs> to make a a video. Um, and it's also a lot of work to like promote it. Uh, and uh, I just need to get better at that stuff. Yeah, you need it's not my forte. You need a team. No, uh, no, but it also need, like how you gotta have the money to have a team. I don't have any money. I know, I know, I don't yeah. either. Do you think you will ever start using your platform to speak truth to power? Um, I was I was worried going into this podcast that that's what the <laughs> that's what I have to like say. I would have to be like, yes, Jason, will <laughs> do everything in my power to. Taking the man down. Um, Good. And uh, the end. My show for coming here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have reached the end of the episode. It's now time to create something together, but I don't know what we should create. Okay. Um, maybe we could talk about an idea for a video. Like if you wanted a video done on try to relax, or oh, we yeah. could even talk about, I don't know, uh, you can coach me to being more disruptive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can. Let's combine that. Let's think of a way that okay. I convince you to really let your freak flag fly and uh -huh. making a uh, a video or try to relax. Because I, I think that would be stupendous to have you as a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't. Have you think... ever done anything? Oh, go ahead. Anything weird? 
What's the weirdest thing about you, Gene? I mean, some people would say the weirdest thing about me is that I'm so not weird. God, God damn it. <laughs> All right. No, I mean, I honestly don't know. <laughs> honestly don't know how to have your sensibilities. Like, I, I appreciate and like it and uh, enjoy that sort of thing. I don't know how to do it myself. Um, like, it, it just, I, I feel like it would always come off uh, either like I'm trying to do something that's not my forte or uh, something that would be too cutesy. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm trying well, to figure out like how I would do that. Have you, have you ever done any kind of like hippy dippy workshop where it's like a, a, have you ever taken an acting class? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually a theater minor in college. Okay, so you you've done done like uh, weird stuff where like you have to make a bunch of like animal noises and stuff like that. Right, 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 right yeah. And and did that did that make you uncomfortable? Were you were you totally fine doing it? Did you did you like tap into something that you didn't know um, you had or you had in you? I don't know that I would say I've tapped because I haven't done the I've heard of the weird exercises like the really weird acting exercises and I haven't really done those. Uh, except for maybe like a Meisner exercise. That's like that four square thing. And you just say the same thing back and forth, but you say it a, in a different sort of tone, depending on where you're standing uh, in a, in a square yeah. space. Um, that's probably the weirdest thing. And I didn't do that in college. I did that several years ago and like at an improv festival for a, a workshop. But um, that was maybe the only time I felt like, Oh, I'm sort of, tapping into something but the stuff i did in college was i think i had for whatever reason a sort of roll with the punches sort of sensibility uh i still have that but i just said like okay this is the work this isn't so strange where some people might find you know uh stretching doing stretches in in an acting class uh they might find that a little uncomfortable but i i didn't Okay. All right. I think I got it. Okay. Um, because what, one thing I really appreciate about you is your ability to um, to be very, very. Um, you have like a stone face quality about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have seen you break before. I, I think I've made you break. You break. Oh, for sure. Before. Yeah. But I think you have an ability to to just. Uh, to 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 zone in and be very like straight laced about even a very like peculiar or trivial subject. So what I'm thinking <laughs> is maybe you can just do a maybe we can pick like an animal and you can deliver just for just like a minute long monologue about that animal. Mm-hmm. Like um yeah, like like birds for example. Like do you have do you have uh, opinions on on birds? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear some uh, some of the things you, you you feel about birds. I think birds are actually kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, magical because they can fly. I think that's really impressive <laughs> that birds fly. Um, but birds are also weird because of where their eyes are placed, especially when you get like, you know, a parrot or something <laughs> like that. Like, 
you know, like <laughs> they have to turn their head in that funny way just when they're trying to look at you. And it's just there's something sort of funny about that. Um, I would never want to own a okay. bird because they smell funny. Great. Okay. So let, so let me stop you there. And and here's the video. Is you, it's like Jason Farr talking birds. And okay. it's these three things. <laughs> and it's you just like looking into the camera. Maybe you're like uh, drinking a cup of coffee. You have like a nice little mug and you're taking a sip. And then you talk about how uh, weird, weird birds eye placement is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how magical you can fly. And then you say thank you. And that's the whole video. <laughs> there it is. We did it. Thanks we so- fucking did it, man. Did it. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Alex. Thanks for having me. So glad to have that idiot on. <laughs> I say that affectionately. Check out his Twitch show, Try to Relax, on twitch.tv slash try to relax. And also follow him on Instagram at Alex Breslovsky. And you can, of course, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at There It Is Pod. And check out our new YouTube channel. At least subscribe, then we'll get some stuff up. That's just at There It Is on YouTube. YouTube.com slash There It Is. We have links to all the things in the bio. And don't forget, you can check out our weekly comedy lifestyle newsletter. It's free. It's easy. Links to that in bio, too. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 